Hello and welcome to the Green Team of the Legendarium, the patron spinoff of the Legendarium podcast, where we talk about the books and topics the main crew hasn't gotten around to yet. I'm Chesky, and today I have with me our cat herder, LRB. Not anymore. <laughs> Hello. And we also have the man who defies all odds, Solution. That's me, because I don't herd cats. Right. And as always, I am your ever-smiling host, Chesky. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you guys are going to enjoy our discussion of the finale of our Great Coat series, Tyrant's throne however you have a little bit of a confession to make unfortunately we did lose our audio from the first time around and it was really top-notch audio that we lost it was the best yeah it was the best i mean it was a shame (laughs) the world will never see it's like ever again and unfortunately you can blame that all on me but if you also want to blame red that's fine i mean she'll accept some of the blame but Mm -hmm. it's mostly my fault but we're gonna do our best to recap and re kind of remember our feelings about this book And, and so we hope that you enjoy this as much as we enjoy it. So first off, let's just do some uh, some general thoughts again. Red, why don't we start with you? How did you like this book? Just general vagueness, no spoilers yet. So I feel like the first book really cat captured like lightning in a bottle that makes sense yeah and it's definitely my favorite but this is my second favorite in the series and i would give it mm, about a 3.5 what I okay problems. Yeah, i had I some problems mm. with some mm. of the plotting wow mm. but i did thoroughly enjoy it and it brought up some really cool questions about what it means to be a good leader that i enjoyed exploring in the story has your opinion changed with the second reread for today or with the the extra time that you kind of have had to think about it more both and i like it better now okay. i was pretty i was pretty salty after right. the and I, I think part of it might just be reading all four of them as fast as we did. And then yeah. I just think they're, they get a little intense. And so it's, I can't say it's the level of a Robin Hobb book, but I do feel like you get a little bit of that same kind of Hobb burnout when you read them, right? I think In so. hindsight, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. And Solution, no spoilers. How did you feel? Um, I also agree with Red. However, you know me, I'm an enabler. What I also am, I'm an overlooker. Okay, when a book <laughs> when a book has problems and it doesn't give me anything else to root for, I'm not going to like it. When it has problems, but it gives me something that's really fun or something really enjoyable in the book, I can overlook things. And that's that's what this one did. So going through on a second time, it uh, it was much more enjoyable than even the first time. Good. Good to hear. What would you give it out of five? Three and a half again or four? No, this is this is a four, possibly 4.25, maybe a 4.5. It's pretty fun. There are those downsides, but the, the highs are really high. It's like a valley. And a, and a mountain and a peak like you know up down roller coaster it's yeah, really fun yeah. it's good i agree it's good and i would say i think i gave the first one a four so and the other two right. i gave like a three and a 2.5 if i remember correctly yeah first and first and last of the series best books <laughs> the, the middle two <laughs> yeah i know well there's some really good moments in two and three but the first there book are. Yeah, I I have to agree with you guys. The first book really stands alone and works really well. You could read it as just a standalone. You but could. we're talking yeah. about the series here. This is the the book, the series ender. And I, I hate to say this again to you guys, but you're still wrong. Your your reviews are still too <laughs> no, low. Uh-huh. Okay. Like okay. I said last time, this is definitely a four point seven five. At least okay. probably a four point five would be the lowest I'd go. I mean, there are so many amazing moments that just make you say, "This is so amazing." What's going Going on right here that I'm more with soul where it just is like yes there are a couple things that could be bad but like there is so much that's just like makes you want to stand up and be like yes Falcio, it, Falcio yeah. you did it 
Okay, you're so amazing. This is from the man who <laughs> crapped all over one of my favorite books. So hey, I just want to point that ooh, out. I we're not, not here to talk about other books. Okay? I did not do that. I just had my own problems with it. And I will admit that this book could probably use a little bit more cutting down of certain things. Yeah. But I did not cry once during Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell because it was so dry and boring. Sorry. But I did cry four times during this book. And normally series enders are not that emotional, right? Yeah. And this wasn't just at the end. This was throughout. This was yes. throughout. It I wasn't just that. the end. So I did. I didn't cry on this read through, but I definitely did the first time I read it. Yeah, it's. But I was also like, get to the end, get to the end. So I didn't have time for emotion. You didn't have time for emotion. Yeah. Here, that's the we're... best headspace that Red goes in the into books for the podcast for. We're getting into just, it right here, real quick. All right, no Lead time us in. for emotion. Lead All us right. in. So you guys just want a little bit of plot recap that I have. It's not the best plot recap, as I said, but I have a little bit of a plot recap here for you guys. All right. Falkio has to save the world, but almost burns it down. He ends up going west and finding the Avarians prepping for war, led by Morn and the missing greatcoats. He gets captured and is put in a jail cell with Trin, our mortal enemy from the past, and Fillion, a half-sister ha or half-brother to Aline. They are, they escape, they lose Trin, Falcio breaks down, he then attempts a coup, is betrayed by another fake coup, and later on, Aline dies protecting Fillion, and then Jilliard dies protecting, well, Jilliard dies protecting Aline, and Aline dies protecting Fillion. Just tears and sadness all around. Uh, Falcio breaks down yet again, and then the first canto Falcio decides that he has to save the country and he basically holds a trial for the country. He brings in the, the Rangetti, the Bardetti, the uh, the armor, the, the knights. I don't remember what they're... An Anori or something like that? Yeah. Armory, yeah, something like that, right? And then he goes west again, bringing the final army that they're going to use to stand up against the Avarians, and they fight against the Avarians. He chooses Chalmers to do the Riot of Scorn, which was just, it's such an epic scene. And then the final fight, the seven versus a thousand, and that's the end. I mean, that's the end of that big fight. Everything's getting better at the end of our book, but nothing's 100% done. Um, we get Death, Love, and Valor, the three gods, come to visit Falcio a final time. Kest joins the Honori, which are the knights. Rasti joins the Rangeretti, which are the Rangers, and Falcio retires with Athalia. Seen out, yes. Yeah, good, good ending. Oh, and it and was also a well deserved. Well, and Athalia is pregnant too. And Athalia is yep. pregnant. Yes, we learned yeah. that in the the middleish of the book, I believe. Right? It's suspected, but uh, Falcio doesn't find out until the very end. Yeah, because right. he's dumb. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's just well, he a dumb guy. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. So let's talk a little bit about characters here because. That's kind of all I have to really go on. Or let's talk plot for a second first. What did you guys think of the plot of this book since we kind of just discussed it? Did did you enjoy it? I mean, the threat of another outside invasion, you know, the first book, it's finding the heirs. The second book, kind of stopping th things from going on there. The third book was, you know, trying to stop the religion from taking over, basically. And the fourth book, now it's an outside threat. So did that work for us? Did that, did you not like it? I, okay, so I want to I hop in before Red goes, just because, yeah. I feel like this is important, okay? I didn't like Falcio's whole wanna do a coup thing. Didn't enjoy that. My other second point is it's only a slight step down because they didn't try to kill a god again, which they did in the third <laughs> book, which usually when you kill a god, you got to kill something better than that the next book. Um, this was just like an invasion, which is fine. It was really fun and cool. And I enjoyed that. But it was, you know, I, I kept thinking, you know, we did just kill a god. Okay, so now we just got a bunch of other people to worry about. So that was my main points. Okay, 
Go ahead, Ren. So, um, my first point that I want to make is that Chesky skipped over the entire first half of this book. That's oh wait, the wedding, the wedding, the wedding was so much fun. First of all, the wedding, the opening is amazing. It is, yeah. And you have this like little. She's not a little girl, but she's a young girl. Um, who is was sworn in to the great coats the night the king died when she was twelve, and that's Chalmers. Twelve or thirteen, yeah. She was twelve. I just read it. She was twelve. Okay, she was twelve. The wedding barge was great. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of like stuff that goes on, and I want to say. And this is uh, this is a criticism of the Uh-oh. book. How much of okay. that stuff could have just been cut and made the book shorter and more succinct? Could have. I think a lot of it could have been cut. Yeah. And that is one of my major problems with this book because there was just a lot of stuff, and you can tell the whole plot without telling a bunch of that stuff. You have the weird thing with the duke who, or the what he's that's not his title. Um. The, I know what you mean. Uh, the boyfriend of uh, what's it, what's her name? Valiana. Yeah, Valiana. Yeah. Yeah. Pell Pell Bellham Pell something something with a P. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I called him the loser, and so yeah, uh, that fits. That <laughs> he doesn't get meant. He doesn't get a name in my notes. Yeah, he doesn't um, deserve a name. He's fine. But the point is, you have all this palace intrigue that really isn't important. It's well written palace palace intrigue, which is why the book is at a three point five and not lower. But he's because, improving because la- the last three books. No, I totally agree. It, it was, was all bad. it was all torture and yes. extra extra torture. Whereas now, instead of too much torture, he's just doing more world building which i'd much prefer for him to to go a little off the deep end for than extra too much torture there's only a little bit of torture correct and that's wrong but it's mostly emotional torture in this one to the reader making the reader cry versus making falcio cry that's okay yeah that's what i want to read about well there's a little there's a little torture of Trent. I mean, she gets a little tortured. But yeah, you but it's not overdone. Yeah. And also you kind of like, yeah. It's more of a cheer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think we can, we can easily stay away from saying that anybody kind of deserves torture. But well, I if guess. there was somebody, maybe Trent would <laughs> we really, will, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, I think we remember in this book. when Trent showed up to have sex with Falcio during the, his torture. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. No, she's definitely twisted and messed up. She gets a little bit of torture without too much sympathy from me, is all I'm saying. You heard it here. Green team promoting torture. I have to agree with Red that I I do think there were parts of it that could be skipped, but I I didn't have time to read it again. I'm just kind of busy with life. But I I started reading the beginning and I was like, oh, I totally remember this boat scene. And it's it's like a triple betrayal right off the bat where you're like, you go in thinking it's this is happening. And then the next scene, it's like, oh, wait, this is actually a trick here and then it's another trick on top of it so it was just it was really good and then I'd skip ahead and one of the things I noticed is that it didn't really matter where I started reading at it it just kind of like pulled you in and started reading. You know, I, I'd, I'd skip ahead a couple chapters. Yeah, I liked uh, his pacing. I'd skip ahead a little bit more in the next scene. So I really liked that kind of no matter where I, I pulled in, it really sucked me in. Solution, did you have something you wanted to say? By the now, and I agree. The pacing is, was really good. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there were a lot of parts that could be trimmed down or cut a little bit like Red was saying. But as I was reading him, I wasn't like, oh, this is just extra, extra filler. Because I do enjoy reading about all the characters, you know, reading about Valiana and learning she has this blood rage from the poison that she's been given right and so she kind of she gets into it with the duke and they're having some fun times together and then she kind of freaks out on him and he's like whoa i'm off of this i'm I'm leaving this is too crazy for me and everybody's like yeah you're horrible you're out of here you know it was amazing it was good so he didn't um, deserve fun times i like that yeah that chambers or chambers uh whatever her name is shows up in his bedroom It's like you are going to apologize to everybody that you told these horrible lies to about her just because you're a big weenie. Right, right. Yeah. Just because you don't get it and you can't, you know, you're not cool enough. So 
No, I, I, I like that a lot. Um, I think let's talk about Duke Jillier. You know, in the first book, he's kind of our main antagonist here. Yeah. And now in these other wait, books, wait, wait, he's wait, real sure. quick, before we go on, I yeah, want to, to say I want to go back to what Soul was saying about how we killed the god last book and that this doesn't up the ante. And I disagree. And here's why. Okay. This book is about going to your death for an idea. And that's bigger than killing a god. This is about making a new country. Like so you're, you're saying internal uh strife yeah, versus exactly. external magical level strife. Right. And um, I mean, so basically they become England, right? I mean, like that's the they become a constitutional um monarch. Well, they're well on their way to it yeah but yeah but that's what it officially becomes well, this is a history this is a fiction about england i thought right uh, yeah, i don't think it's I, ever specifically called out as like exact like specifically yeah. england history so this but, isn't like, real yes no, it's not real. sorry sorry oh, this is a fiction <laughs> no it's very um, <laughs> no i would like to i'd like to say something else with red on that just that like yes we, we killed a god last time but in this book this book you know what what was it that allowed them to kill the god it was the law and the order right they had to be like we have the laws and we we follow that and that we're going to use to defeat the god in this book is all about you know, what is the law versus justice versus fairness versus where does an individual fit in that whole thing you know so that felt more yeah this is the most me, you know? it's the most great coat book of the great coats well, where they're like sense, yes. the other ones you feel like they're kind of dragged along in the storyline and the plot and what's going on in the politics and this is more about just being great coats yeah which and, is good and what it means to be a, a, a nation what does yeah. it mean yeah i'm not saying so, it's bad i'm just saying they no, didn't no, no, kill no. a god again okay <laughs> that's all so if the avarians had had a god that they go kill then it would have been fine yes then it would have been a step up because they didn't kill their own god they killed another person's god another country's <laughs> god okay that's what i wanted to see okay i guess that's fair yeah <laughs> all right uh, all right let's go back to duke chillard because because we got Chiller. things to say yeah he is, has been kind of this interesting character throughout the whole series you know he really started as an antagonist he did not want to see anything kind of go on and as these books have gone gone on and things have happened he's obviously softened quite a bit towards the great coats and towards not being the ruler right he wants to be to be better how do you guys feel about him i mean I mean, it was a pretty touching scene yeah. when uh, when he dies in place of Aline, you know, protecting her. And, and oh, we started as him as like the main antagonist. So you hated I, him. I mean, you hated him. It. And now I shed a I shed a tear for him. Four books later, he dies, and I'm. And I'm I'm sad because this is a guy who, uh, you know, books are about, you know, character developments. And this is a guy who got, you know, kind of a second chance. But you didn't really see him make that choice. You just saw him slowly do things to want to make himself a, a father who would have a son that's proud of him after his son is dead, which is just a storyline. I don't really ever see that often. And uh, I thought it was well done. So he's my favorite character. Okay. I think he changes the most and grows the most. And I like the fact that he brings in, first of all, that he's a counselor to Felcio, but also that he brings in the real world politique, uh, real politique aspects to balance Felcio's idealism. And mm -hmm. he really helps him with that. And I think my one of my favorite scenes in the book, and this is one that made me cry the first time I read the book, um, where Felcio goes to him and this is when he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. Is he going to put Elaine on the throne or he's going to put Philly. Fillion on, a, on the throne? And he says about his son, he's like, why do, I, why do I see his face everywhere? Everywhere I look, I see him and all I want to do is look up to him or have him look up to me. And he's just talking about his grief over his son who was like the one thing in the world he actually loved. And uh, man, it makes me think about what what would I do if my kids died? What if my kids died? And how would that change me? And it it obviously would change me. But the fact that he he's like the perfect, not the perfect balance, but he's becoming the balance between dealing with the real world and your ideals. And that's what I love about his character. Yeah. 
he definitely moves pretty he's pretty heavily on the side of like this is the real world and i get what i want and i do what i need to to get it and then he moves you know ever so slowly and then faster and faster after his son dies to just that whole like i do want to make this a better place like if the world had been better my son wouldn't have died you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and it's it's that it's too late now for me but instead of shutting down he's like well i'm gonna make it so that you know in the future it's not too late for anybody you know and i agree i I love that scene i love he's always trying to be like Falcio, you're focusing on the wrong things like yes the nobles are corrupt and they suck you know we all suck i know it i'm a noble we suck but you have to deal with us we can't you can't just run ramp shot over us we have they have power and i also i like that scene when Falcio goes to him and he's like you have to marry aline because they won't respect her if, if she's not married which obviously gets into you know everything about this kind of time period right but jilliard's like no i'm not gonna do that you're gross. You're disgusting. Why would you ever ask me of that? Ask that of me. And then, you know, Falcon's like, okay, you're right. I was bad. And I'm in a bad place. And, you know, and he moves on from there. And I yeah. like that. What did you, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's the same scene. Oh, is it? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It's the same scene because it's that yeah, good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I love that part. Where he's yeah. like, even I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm yeah. a pretty bad <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we're talking about her a lot. How did you guys. Or what did you guys think of Aline in this in this book? Uh, she, she a little is, annoying. A little annoying. Um, she is a poor fourteen year old girl trying to rule. <laughs> I know, I know. She's been tormented for like three years since we meet this character. I. I think I felt I really liked how she's able to show moments of strength and moments of vulnerability. And and you're never like, oh, well, she's just this is silly. You know, she's either strong or weak, but she really showed like a full person. Right. Like and she has that attitude towards Falcon where she's like, I want to show him that I'm strong, but he's kind of like my dad. And I just need him to show me I need to show him that I'm weak and that he needs to help me. Right. Did you guys kind of feel that a little bit like I did? So how I felt about her is that she's grown a lot too because she went from going along with um, the Taylor's nonsense in the second book to saying no Falcio was right to bring my brother even if even if even if that means I have to give up the throne what I will say is she never actually wanted to be queen (laughs) and Falcio is pushing that on her this is a great out and she's like yeah I, I it's fine. It's fine. It'll all work out, Falcio. And there's a, there's some issues around that court intrigue that really don't feel real to me. They feel a little forced by the author. Like, why if all the sages declared one or the other that grew heir, there would be civil war? And there's just a little force there. That's one of my other plot problems, but... I don't feel it's forced. I, I just don't like any really politics like that in, in most books anyways. So this is definitely my least favorite part of the books is that stuff. So I, well, I agree with you, Red, that it's a, it's a stupid premise that like, oh, these six people who are just, you know, sages, they said that it has to be this way, you know, but that's totally how it works in real life sometimes where especially in the past where it was like these six people who are just, they live in the mountain and they don't do anything but think. They said, you know, it's going to rain on Tuesday. So therefore it will rain on Tuesday. You know, no matter what. And but I agree, you know, like it was not. That's all the people have. That's all they got to go on. All right. This is a whole world. They got no internet to back this stuff up. They're like, this is the rules. Is the this internet is what much we better do. than six people? Well, I'm not the saying it's better. I'm just saying. you to critically think about things. But. Yeah. <laughs> These are farmers. Maybe. These are like stable people. And they're just like, yeah, this is what we've been doing. Yeah, they're stable people. 
Okay. Okay. There's a lot of now, jobs in the stable. <laughs> I've been I've been proposing a lot of things to talk about here. Red, why don't you give us one thing that you wanted to talk about with this book? Something that struck you, or you know, let us know what it is. Do you want it to be a good thing or a bad thing? That's up to you. Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about you, trend. Trend. Okay. I don't she... believe anything that happens with her character except the very end, where she's uh, exiled. Yeah. What? What? Where she is going to marry Fillion and basically murder him or whatever and take over over the throne. Like none of the stuff that she does makes sense. The fact that she she and her mom were hiding this kid away for years and years is like a spare. It just it doesn't make sense to me. Like her character just I feel like has just kind of got blown up by the narrative. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I can see that. And it, it really grated on me, especially the part where she's like, I'm going to go lead them away. And then, oh, magically Blizzard saves me and I lost my three fingers and I rally my troops and like none of that. I'm sorry. None of that. Yeah, I don't believe any of that. I mean, I could see part of it. She was very charismatic when she needed to be, but she was very twisted and it's a very It's not the charismatic up. part. Well, well it just meant of leading the guys and like you were saying. I've read a lot of books, okay? And the <laughs> One thing I do know, all right, is when there's royalty or there's popular figures in a world without cameras, nobody knows who anybody looks like. So if you if you send a lady out there who does not look like a noble, she's not going to rally anybody because nobody's going to believe she's who she says she is ever. No, that's not what I'm saying because everyone knows who so that was my That was my sticking point. Is that oh, it was like, oh, no, she goes out there. She ain't going to come back with troops. She's going to come back and be like, I made it. I had to steal eggs from a farmer. Nobody believed I was trend. And then she goes about her life after that once people recognize her. My, the part I didn't believe is where she led the people away from the camp. So the part <laughs> I don't believe is that she, she's a <laughs> twisted psychopath and she would never, ever, ever lead uh, Mourn folks off from, from the main quarry. I just don't believe it of her character. Okay. That's fair. Okay. So I, that's, that's how you feel about trend um solution give us give us something you want to talk about with this book well i want to talk about seven for a thousand. Oh yes because that's yeah. definitely the best part of the book it's uh it's really fun to see a myth be treated like a myth in a book and then you know everybody loves overwhelming odds and the fact that there's an entire invading army and the culture of these people are willing to love a myth so much that they're willing to play by the rules against an enemy because that's their system of honor which is really fun to see you know them like trying to pretend that there's a fake tunnel over to the to the seven people and they're only attacking as if they're in the tunnel. It was really fun to to see this charge and, and uh, it was a really good scene. It was like a the... great scene. The whole that whole army fight scene is just so amazing where he's just like, This is what we have to do and you just have to go with it. And then they do, you know, and it's just like every nobody's sure what's gonna happen. I mean, Red, what were you gonna say? Sorry, I kinda cut you off. No, I was gonna say I the other thing I like is that you found out that Morn has basically conned everybody and Tristan or Tristia. Yeah, that was fun. He, he didn't actually unite the tribes and you have all the other tribes standing up on the hilltop watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you a great also twist. find out that like half his cannons aren't real and none of the steel is real. It's like yeah. fake steel or, or, or flawed anyway. Yeah, it was all it was Which, all their own steel but he yeah, right. he tricked everybody. Yeah, he was very good at that. And and music, the way the music played in the battle where you had one bard start to sing the song of the seven against the thousand and then another and another and I like the callback to the battle of Thermopylae. That's the 300, by the way. Oh, okay. All right. For, Wait, for yes, the non-history buffs out there and for <laughs> yeah. the movie the movie buffs out there, that was from the movie 300. Okay. It's also I a guess. thing that happened. I mean, not like that. but Wait, so you're saying 300 is real, but this book is not? Yes. Yeah. 300% was a 100% factual experience there. No, it was They had cameras. They did everything by the yeah. book. They coiled up I'm their travel. abs before going that's, Every battle. time they went into yeah. bikes, they I thought that's just how they did it back then. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. 100% <laughs> 
okay. truth right there. I, I, I really like, I agree with you guys. This The seven versus a thousand, the Amoran playing both sides. I, I like the the right of scoring where you have to say, you send one person out in front and their job is just to to twist and to kind of anger the group in front of you. Kind of like a little rite of passage slash a little like whose army's more disciplined. And he said, I don't remember exactly. I know he sends Chalmers out and he's, I don't remember how yeah. or why it was so effective against them, but it was and just, ah, so good. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Morn for a second here. He's kind of our bad guy. And I'll tell you, one of the other times that really gut punched me in this one is that we find the lost great coats. They are yeah. lost no more but they have kind of most of them have betrayed themselves or betrayed what they really stood for in going along with Morin's plan to enable a uh, another dictatorship basically though of judges so I mean how did you guys feel when you remember that like they're they're going up to the Avarians to see what's kind of going on to investigate Morin's with them he tricks them then he reveals himself and beats up uh, Falcio in a very twisted duel kind of over and over and over again with the other great coach yeah. watching I didn't um, I mean I understood the premise of that I didn't enjoy it just because I didn't want the great coats to turn or if they did once they see falcio and the other like the first canter wouldn't they be like oh maybe you know we shouldn't do what we're doing and let's try and make the country better again now that we got the team back together but all right i I didn't like it either and first of all this is the second group of great coats that we found that are turned traitor or maybe even third because you had the ones that are turned bandit yeah but those are like fake because they were real great coats but they're posing as bandits so that they're not they murdered by everybody that hates the great coats um but also um the group this... that the the king's spare came from they were borderline traitors too so i don't, I don't uh, remember I think there's... Tavia, maybe is her name oh the uh well she comes from the group of uh the the, the assassins basically no no yeah. no that, that, that's a different person oh. who are you thinking? um i'm thinking of so in the third book they meet these great coat that have been uh turned i guess kind of and they get ambushed wasn't that fake great coats where people were just pretending no, to be great coats I thought they were fake ones. No, no, no. I thought the fake ones came back. I I don't know. Whatever. There's, the don't, worry is, is don't worry about I it. Don't worry. I don't like this plot point because I feel like it's a retread. Is what I'm saying. Okay. I liked it because I was in Falcio's head, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, all my great coats are here." But then he was like, "Ugh!" But they don't believe in the in the goal anymore. <laughs> They've turned. You know what I mean? Yeah, Chesky I mean, just I likes the, the Falcio gut punches, and uh, oh, they do keep coming. I'm not. I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying I don't like all of the gut punches for Falcio. The one thing that I do enjoy about this book is I feel like Falcio is finally starting to get by the end of the book finally has some self-awareness because he is so unself-aware the entire series and it's very frustrating well like we said duke jilliard's way on the pragmatism side and falcio's way on the idealism side no you this know? isn't yeah. about his idealism this is about well, i just say like because he's so unaware because he's so idealistic oh things will work out if i don't you know I guess, sure. and he needs to you know Whatever. be more realistic about it. so i want to talk about uh, since i brought up a bad thing go ahead i want to talk about a good thing oh, i thought yeah. you were gonna say a really bad thing no <laughs> I think okay I pretty much touched on all my bad things good no more no more bad things you oh, well, here I guess that we have to deal no with no 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 more bad things go ahead anyway so good thing um the conversation between falcio and athalia no the king the king's uh, are palus right palian yeah when oh. he's gathering up the fire and he has the firewood and they have this conversation about his training as a leader and the whole story about him having to kill his dog because his dog has started um harming children and how to balance power with protecting things you love and the cost of leadership and that conversation with falcio i just thought was really interesting i mean i'm not saying just that that sometimes when you're in leadership you have to do really really bad things yeah you gotta make hard choices because that's what leaders do and then falcio has a similar experience when he's leading the army into battle before the before the seven against a thousand part just the 
first two days war. He's like, I'm sending this person to die. Yeah. Mm. And he feels sick about it. But that's what it is to be a leader. Sometimes. That's why you uh, you have to find good leaders. Yes. You know, that's why it's very important to have good leaders. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just thought that that was really interesting. Um, and also the reference to the fact that the Duchess, Patricia, her people weren't starving when she was ruling. She actually did take care of them. Like, as bad and evil as she was, she did make sure her people were taken care of, which I thought was dang it. Just, it got complicated. That's the thing. I This is that whole part of, not that part, that. Yeah. that There's idea. shades of gray. It looks well, like it Red just, wanted one evil person, but they weren't all totally evil. Oh, I no. I, I actually really enjoyed that. And that's something that the series was works up to struggling again struggling yeah. with like, it, it's a little bit in the first book but the further along you go the more that there's that real struggle no, it feels more realistic i like when books do do this type of uh, uh personification of their villains and i'd rather see a villain who does like a good i don't want to say a good thing but like you know they oh, do something that seems reasonable i'm like oh that makes sense because it's yeah. rational I like yeah. when something's rational in the story. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I don't uh, enjoy really black and white stories, too, that are just like, there's a good guy and a bad guy. But you know what? It's nice to have that. It gives me a lot of respect for our author that he had his characters wrestle with that and also mm-hmm. doesn't give you an answer. Yeah. And it's sometimes really tough to get that right. The uh, the balance between how evil is your evil person and how good is the, how good are they, you know, and just or how how gray are they really? And I do think he does a good balance with all of them or most of them. I think so. At least. Yeah. Solution, do you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, um, Rosty's still the best character. <laughs> I don't think, look, everybody's laughing, so I don't think anybody's fighting me on that. Uh, I disagree, but he's yeah. a great character. He's a lot of he's fun. He's a great one. He is really good. Uh, I did I, still really enjoy the trio's friendship. This one, mm-hmm. I think it culminated very well in the ending. No? No, Chess? No, no, I'm nodding. Oh, oh no, I'm okay. agreeing with you. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, and, and the way that um they play off their, um what's it called? Their retirement uh, packages? No, 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 no. I, oh. no, I was thinking about the prison break the way that they play oh, yeah. out their <sighs> their act in order to get the tools they need to yeah that see a lot of fun that was great that was so much fun the way he writes friendships and like uh bromances and everything and like i will that's why i'm going to continue reading books that sebastian de castell writes because that alone i'm an overlooker like i said for those reasons alone, I will read a book and I will enjoy it. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Back to the very end. I love the. It's not really a breakup. No. Yeah, it was great. It's retirement. Friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's got friends that you can it. just yeah. you can just go off for years and then you're like, hey, mm-hmm. let's meet up. And then yeah. it's like nothing past. No time has passed at all. That's obviously what, you know, this this friendship has gone for. It. Poor Chambers, though. I feel she got the shaft in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes, she did. But uh, guess what? That's how you create another Falcio, and she'll find people. She'll be fine. Yeah. So, did we talk about this? I think we talked about it during our last review of this. But we do think that Cast is in love with Falcio, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And I'm, yeah. that's another one of those sticking points that uh, Falcio still. I don't think he ever really saw it, even though everybody else did. Yeah, I think yeah. we talked about that last time. And that's kind of what we decided. Yeah. We don't need to go over it again. It's the same thing because well, nothing know. really changed. Yeah, I was going to say so. I don't know if we talked about it for the last episode or for the last time we talked about it <laughs> we've talked about it in every yeah. book except the first <laughs> one i think the recording yeah, including the one that we lost much in so, the first. Uh, yeah. i had one more just little thing um if you guys remember the scene where akio is fighting uh morn and he's kind of remembering back to how he beat kest oh, yes. to become the first cantor yeah he's like, good. why did every why did the king so, think so that good. it was good to have just a fight you know a tournament style fight to see who would be the first <laughs> cantor and he's like everybody knew it would be cast so how 
the heck did you beat Kest? And you go back and he's like, you know, it's just, it's uh, Falcon. I, I was like, I trained Kest to lose. Easy. Yeah, I trained him the day before to pull his sword back so he didn't stab me in the gut. And it's just like, ah, so good. Like you, you tricked us. You tricked everybody, you know? <laughs> and, and see, here's the thing that I actually truly love about this entire series is the way that Falcon remembers something or explains something that's in the past in order to give you light or shed light on what's going on in the current moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fun writing style. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It hits, I'd say, 90% of the time. It does pretty well. Yeah, there's a couple times where it's off. But, I mean, nobody's perfect. That is No, no, no. The, when you're doing something that's sure. jarring, yeah. Yeah. most of the yeah. time it doesn't work. So that's why I'm really excited that most of the time it does work for this. Because that's yeah. what's surprising. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay, right. I guess we're going to end all agreeing on something. Yeah. And no, I course, feel like we are give us something to disagree on quick. One, well, I can't give you something to disagree on, but uh, the final scene or one of the final scenes is just so touching when death and oh, love yes. and valor, the three gods, come and visit Falcio and they give him a little bit more time. And um, I mean, if it doesn't make me just tear up, he's thinking about it. I haven't even read it recently. Like, I'm just like, that was such a such a heartbreak scene. And then, yeah, just like a perfect ending, though, with and everybody. You know, Kest leaving to join the Onori, Brasti joining the Ring, Ring the Ready, Falcio retiring, like we said. You know. Yeah, and um, the fact that Death lets Falcio hug Elena, even though they're technically not supposed to touch, and then the tailor makes some snotty comment, and Death says, you really are a wretched old person, aren't you? Yeah, so I can't wait to get my hands on you. Tailor Death. You can do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I remember that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember it a little bit more when you said that, where he's like, can I touch her? You know? And he's like, well, no. And he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. I, I look death in the eye all the time. You're not stopping me. Like I'm doing it. And he's like, he's like, you know, he's just like, okay, you know, like, go ahead. All right. You tried. So. <laughs> See, yeah, I really wanted the tailor to die at the end. I really did. I'm sorry. I'm well, surprised she lived that long. I'll, I, I'll give her that. I will stick to my point here that I think if the tailor had ended up being a kind of step above God or step above person, but like below God or something, yeah. like mm-hmm. a saint, I think the same with the builder in the third book, that would have been a much smoother. We wouldn't have to hate her as much, but that's a previous discussion that we've had. So. Yeah. What about what about the duchess who was willing to kill the, the heir because she was afraid of Tren taking over him? I don't like and that. She- Turns out to be his mother. That was yeah. actually also the amazing part. Yeah. No, there are a like lot that. of twists in here, like, and a lot of turns, but yeah. There's just too much to talk yeah, about. Yeah, not all the all twists ones. and turns work for me. So Yeah. But I have to say I'm a gullible reader, so pretty much every twist works on me. And, well, and they probably all worked on me when I read them. So. Well, not that it works. Like, because yeah, I'm also <laughs> pretty gullible. I, I very rarely see something coming correctly. But I usually see something coming. So it depends. Like, I didn't enjoy all of the twists. But I did get twisted a lot, if that makes sense. Mm. I don't know. Either way, this was a, a really fun book, and I was uh, I really did enjoy it. And on a on a second kind of skim read through, much more than the first. I think we did. Uh, we probably should have paced ourselves a little bit better. Uh, well, you know, I I agree. Um, I appreciated more in this book for sure. The second this last reread, and, and you know what? I don't feel like he ever sucker punched us with the emotional stuff. I think it was all genuine. Yeah, uh, the okay. humor's real. Humor's on point. Yeah. And... Oh. He does a great job. You know what? He gave so, me a happy ending, and I love happy endings. Yeah, I, I mean, think, it's uh, bittersweet, but it's still a happy ending. Well, I don't know. It's happy. I, I think Everybody I can got what they wanted. The three of us, when I can say that this is a good book, or a great book, and a great ending to the series, and those are not always the same, right? Sometimes you have good books, but not good ends to series, and sometimes you have great ends to a series, but a not good book, and I think this managed to hit both of those categories. 
You're right. You did it both. So I have good news for you guys. Sure. Oh, no. There is a collection of small of short stories. Oh. Great co- short stories. Tales of oh. some, I believe, Really, right? really fun ones. Okay. Is there Brasty? Is there Kent? I'm oh, sorry, Cast. No, I don't think I don't so. want it. Is it I don't Falchio, want it. Or is it just random great coats? Uh, well, there's a couple Falchio ones. There might be actually a, bra- a, bra- blah, 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 a Brasty one, but I'm not sure. But there's a really fun ghost story in it. There's a... Okay. The girl who saved Chombers. Yeah. She has a story. Colada. Okay. And they're all just, just want really, more really good stories. Brasty and Kest and Falcio. Well, okay. Go back and read book two and three because that's where you get the best Brasty and Kest. It is true. It is true. <laughs> but nothing beats the first scene of the first book. Oh, okay. I, Setting yeah, the that. tone for the whole book. All right. The punch, it's, the punch, yeah. pull, whatever. Punch, yeah. pull, slap. Wow. <laughs> At the same time, their employer was getting murdered in the next <laughs> room. It's just a great opening to the entire series. And um, I'll never forget that. Kest is probably still the state of the sword. Because we talked about this. Oh, Long yeah. I, yeah, I and thought he was. I, I think it's confirmed it, during the battle that he definitely is. Yeah. Still the state of sword. Yeah. So I thought that was fun. That is. That was it. I'm done. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Final question for you guys. Are you guys going to read more Sebastian de Castell? I for sure am. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I already have. I read the short story. But are you going to keep reading Are you going to read more? Yes, like, I'll you read wanna know. Maybe not like I read Brandon Sanderson or Neil Gaiman but yeah for sure all right sounds good all right I think that wraps up everything we had to talk about you guys this is going to conclude our episode thank you so much for listening everybody you can always find us on the Legendarium's discord we're also on twitter at green team pod you know you can join us in supporting the Legendarium via patreon and thank you Craig for loaning us a little corner of your media empire thank you Horizon Brave for starting this all and of course thanks to all of you guys out there listening we'll see you guys next time no you won't this is a podcast yep well you'll listen to us next time you'll see us in spirit (laughs) yes in your in your car window mirrors and in, in uh, <laughs> everywhere in your sunglasses goodbye goodbye <laughs> goodbye, goodbye. goodbye.